welcome to episode seven of Jen and Matt talk about the Bible. Can you believe it's seven weeks already? This is fantastic. So glad that you've chosen to join us today. Uh, we're going to be talking about the text for this upcoming Sunday's uh, sermon. And today we are looking at, uh, it's Easter this Sunday. So we are looking at Matthew chapter 28, uh, the entire chapter. All right. Shouldn't we stop and have like a giant celebration for Easter? Like, usually you're like, it's Easter. Woo! Yeah. Isn't that usually Woo! what we would do? <laughs> I guess so. We are going to do good. We have a Good Friday service as well. That's right. So, yes. sorry, I interrupted you. That's that was okay. a lovely intro, though. Oh, thanks. The lack of woo. <laughs> well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read the text <laughs> now on that note. <laughs> All right. The word of the Lord. After the Sabbath, at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and, going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the women, Do not be afraid. For I know that you are looking for Jesus, who was crucified. He is not here. He has risen, just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples. He has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. So the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid yet filled with joy, and ran to tell the disciples. Suddenly Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. They came to him, clasped his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. While the women were on their way, some of the guards went into the city and reported to the chief priest that everything, reported to the chief priest everything that had happened. When the chief priest had met with the elders and devised a plan, they gave the soldiers a large sum of money, telling them, you are to say, his disciples came during the night and stole him away while we were asleep. While we were asleep, if this report gets to the governor, we will satisfy him and keep you out of trouble. So the soldiers took the money and did as they were instructed. And this story has been widely circulated among the Jews to this very day. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am, all, I am with you always to the very end of the age. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. So yeah, it's Easter Easter Sunday. The original reading, the actual lectionary reading, um, is not that long. But uh, Jen and I briefly talked about this yesterday, and uh, just kind of decided that we needed to read the whole chapter and get right to the very end. So originally, it kind of just ended with um, Jesus appearing to the women on the road, like as they were leaving, and um, and then uh, 
them being af afraid, that, but they're also worshiping him. And Jesus says, do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to tell my brothers to go to Galilee and there they will see me. Um, but I wanted to get all the way to the Great Commission. Um, so I thought that was kind of an important text uh, right now. Uh, and so, so that's kind of the follow-up is that the 11 disciples end up going to Galilee and they do meet Jesus on the mountain where he, where he had told them to go. Yes. So I want to get to that part of the reading because I think that's pretty important. Absolutely. Yeah. So what do we want to say about this text? You, you said before we started talking, Matt, you're probably going to talk a lot more about this. And I, I don't know, like, We'll see. We'll see how this goes. This is going to be. I mean, like, great. it's kind of self-explanatory, right? Easter, sure. <laughs> I do feel like it's going to be a little weird, and like tomorrow, I'm having a. I'll have a longer conversation about this with uh, Dana Trent tomorrow. We've been doing this little series on my uh, personal Facebook page, and then on my podcast, Virtuality for Ordinary People. Um, and this week, we're going to focus on how this Easter is going to feel really, really different. Um, and how do we, like, maybe Easter tide might even feel a little bit like just an extension of Lent <laughs> um, yeah. this year and, uh, and what that might mean. Um, so I'm kind of intrigued about what, um, maybe some of the parallels that there might be between the time we find ourselves in and also the uncertainty that the disciples and the the women who were at the tomb that they would have been feeling on easter even in the easter season even on easter morning so i think that's kind of an interesting thing to explore mm -hmm. that the original easter story like we're used to easter being these massive celebrations like trumpets blaring yeah. like big and we're gonna do that like we're gonna do that on our live stream we'll have as as well, break out my trumpet as possible <laughs> we're gonna have the organ the organ is gonna play yes and, uh, and for jesus christ is risen today and it's gonna be awesome uh but i just kind of think like it's um i feel like on the first easter they didn't actually have any of that like our easter celebrations are are on reflection later, yeah right well and how about uh, what is it? Verse 17, when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. Like, how about that right now? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I think that's exactly right. Um, that they're worshiping him, some doubt. Uh, they see Jesus. Is it this giant big thing where, oh yeah, great, celebrating the resurrection, here's Jesus, but it's sort of like, well, we're worshiping and doubting. Mm, is this really what's going on? And they could actually see him. Yeah, true that. Um, and then, uh, but I think what's the cool thing about this text that I'm really drawn to the Great Commission around this, around this idea of uh, doubting, is that Jesus still sends them. Like, he doesn't say, oh, um, those of you who are not doubting, like those of you who are sure and really get it, I'm ready to commission you. But you three disciples, you're kind of doubting, so you're going to need to learn some more and just kind of sit there. Um, yeah, not at all. He sends every, he sends all of them, mm -hmm. doubt, including the doubters. Yeah. Um, and I'll actually be talking about that 
um, more specific. I guess it might come up on Sunday as well. It probably will. Um, but the Sunday after, yeah. uh, I'm going to be talking about a text from John, a resurrection appearance from John, where Jesus comes to the disciples as they're locked uh, locked away and in, in they're behind closed doors. Jesus shows up and uh, says, as the Father sent me, so I send you. And um, and the part that gets picked up a lot in that text or interchanges around Thomas and Thomas expressing doubts. Um, but, and, and Thomas misses the, the sending part. But, yeah. but all of the disciples are actually doubters in that story, which sometimes gets really missed, is that they're all fearful and afraid and in their own room. <laughs> um, together as their family, as their close family and friends, right? Like they are not going and seeing anybody else. And Jesus comes to them and says, as the father sent me, so I send you, even though you are afraid and doubting. Yeah. And like you saying about them being, they're not going out and seeing anybody. Like it was a dangerous time for them. Sure. So that's kind of interesting. Well, and that's picked up in the Matthew text too, between with this whole like this little weird. I was tempted to leave this part out. The guards' report, like where um, the guards are are paid off, yeah. right? Um, so the guards are then uh, what was it again? Uh, yeah, like, like tell them, yeah, you're they're paid off, and there's and they're supposed to say to people. His disciples came during the night and stole him away while we were asleep. So they're paid off to tell this story about, uh, well, he didn't really, he's not really raised from the dead. No. Um, and so like it is, it kind of heightens the, uh, now these disciples are going to be asked by Jesus, go around and tell everyone this one who was crucified is now risen. But this little piece kind of emphasizes uh, there's a whole world that is that is rejecting that, that yeah. is against you spreading that kind of message. Um, and it is kind of a ridiculous message uh, in a way, right? But um, yeah. like who would believe it? But, but the guards are even, like it's even heightened that this is not going to be, it's already dangerous to go out and do this. Um, to talk about Jesus in this way, uh, right from the, from the very beginning. I also think that like, whomever they were reporting to, like the government or whatever officials, they already were threatened by Jesus. And now they're like, oh, maybe he was like, I think some of them knew that like, Jesus said this was going to happen. We'd heard rumors this was going to happen. And what are we dealing with? They don't know what they're dealing with exactly, but they're afraid for what can disrupt their way of life that they're quite comfortable with sure you know i don't know what that has to do with this situation that we're in but <laughs> yeah because um because we actually want to listen to our, our government <laughs> yes we do we want to listen to our government and we actually when jesus when we're talking about jesus sending us out like we're talking in the reality that we're living in now. Like, what does it look like to <coughs> to continue to stay home? Yeah. Um, but be sent by Jesus. Yeah. And, uh, I just want to I just want to comment on on that right right now. Actually, um, as a side note for everybody watching and and people who are going to see this later, um, that is something like in regards to how are we sent ones in 
the light that we're in right now and the circumstances we're in, that is something we are trying to figure out. How do we continue to support our missions? How do we continue to support one another and walk alongside each other during this journey? So I just want to let everybody know, like, we're thinking about that, but we want to talk with you about that as well. We want to engage conversation with everybody because I do believe that as sent ones, that is our call. Well, this is our call. Jesus says, go and make disciples care for one another and then you see what happens in acts as they gather and and that happens our reality is going to look vastly different right now we're not going to be sharing all of our resources in the same household and eating meals together but we can provide meals for one another um so anyways i just really wanted to say that in a moment uh yeah uh, yeah it's really important because um like later like as the church starts to gather in the in the later story Mm-hmm. There becomes this emphasis, at least in Paul's writings, mm-hmm. um, on gifts and each person bringing a different gift. Yes. Um, and that's been really important to me in the last couple of weeks. Uh, so it's kind of related to what you're saying. It's like we need one another. Um, but I've also been really aware that, oh, this is like potentially shining a light on where I might not have certain gifts or I might not lean in a certain direction as a pastor or even as a a Christian. Um, So, but I also have other gifts that I might bring. Like it's been, there's been lots of hurdles to overcome on the technology side of things, but I've already been doing a whole bunch of things with technology like starting my own podcast a couple of years ago. And I have a background in computer science if you go far enough back. Um, and using the website, and I haven't always had the most success with those things in terms of having lots of people look at those, <laughs> those things or tune into the podcast, but I actually have the technical knowledge of how to do it. And suddenly yes. that's been really helpful and important. But at the same time as that, I've been kind of feeling like, oh, I think I mentioned this last week, uh, potentially, uh, I felt like oh, I haven't been like seeing like who might need some groceries picked up or who might need, um, you know, uh, who am I phoning? Am I making sure that I'm phoning people who I, who I yeah. think are, are in need? And I've been doing like less of that than I think I, than I think I should be. But the idea of we have this body with multiple gifts um, reminds me that, oh, actually, probably it's helpful for me to lean into the gifts and skills that I have in terms of, you know, being able to do YouTube videos um, and uh, and live streaming on Facebook and trying to provide encouragement in that way. I should probably lean into that and trust that the spirit is going to prompt people to lean into their gifts, which might include some of the more like checking in practical uh grocery pickups and all that kind of thing um and i see other churches as well that are doing a great job where they don't have like the technical skill a lot of small churches a lot of small communities they don't necessarily have a background in how to do that well um and they're feeling bad about that but at the same time they're doing an amazing job of like individual check-ins with people or dropping things off or providing printed materials for for folks and like putting them in, in the mail for them. And, um, and I see what they're doing and I'm like, oh, we're not doing a very good job of that. Uh, but I just think we have different gifts. Like we have different things to offer. Well, and I think that you're onto something here because that like you were just talking about the body making up like our community of Prairie and whoever else is kind of 
joining us for worship. Like we're encouraging people lean into your gifts. But then if we look at the body of Christ on this earth is not just Prairie. It's all of those churches collectively. That's actually, I haven't really thought about that specifically. And I think that's a really cool thing to be mindful about. And it isn't that because we're doing this thing, we should then just completely neglect the other for our community, right? Like, no. But it just means we might be faster or more on the ball in one area, and then we have to work a little bit over time to, to get better in the other area. So Absolutely. I know some churches that like, they weren't like setting up an online stream or a Zoom worship time in, in week number one, but now they've done some good pastoral work, they've done a few things, and now they're looking at, well, Maybe we've, you know, we've got a small email list of people, like maybe we can bring some of those people together for a conversation online. Absolutely. So they're just coming into that later. And like our church, I think we're, we're probably going to, we did a thing where we divided up like our list of of people between our elders and and some other folks and just said, can we please try to be in touch with them? Um, We're likely to come more on the worship side and the technology side of things first, and then come later into sort of like how are we addressing like the the needs on the ground of people and that kind of thing um so yeah i i just think some of that might be timing as well just based on our gifts but i i would want to encourage people like lean into the gifts that you have um yes and also realize like jesus when he's commissioning people like commissioning people in the easter story there's 11 disciples there that he sends out uh not just one it's not just peter it's not just two um it's all 11 doubts, fears, everything all wrapped up in there. Um, and it is a community. It's not, it's not one person that's, that's, uh, that's doing this. And I think that like there's the 11, but then there's also that other whole crowd of people like the women were not included in that 11, that's but right. you better believe that they were absolutely fierce disciples who like, if you actually look back, um, in history, there's a lot of like matriarchs who were the head leaders of, of worshiping communities. Um, yeah. So something that's awesome about your story actually is um, Jesus. Uh, we have different accounts in different gospels, so we'll just stick with the one that we've got. But in this yes. one, um, Jesus obviously it's the women who come to the tomb first. They have an appearance from an angel. In Matthew's telling of it, as opposed to Mark's telling, Mark's telling the women get really scared and don't say anything to anyone, um, which obviously they eventually say something to someone because everyone finds out that Jesus is risen. But but Matthew's gospel has the women fully believe what the angel is saying and fully determined to go and tell the disciples as they've said, but then Jesus still meets them on the road um, and says, here I am. They worship him. Interesting that when the women worship Jesus, there's no mention of the women doubting. (laughs) Right? like, we get that with the 11 close, closest followers of Jesus, the men, some doubted, Uh, but the women clasped his feet and worshiped him, period. Then Jesus said to them, do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. So you've got like the uh, what are called the apostles. Apostle means sent one, right? And then you have the, the ones who are sent to the apostles with the original gospel, the original good news. Like Jesus needs someone to send to the 
pillars of the church, the ones who are going to found this. He needs someone to do the most important task. Go and tell the ones who I'm going to send that they need to meet up at the right place to be sent. Um, who am I going to entrust that fundamental task to? The, the women, because they, like, they, they get it. They were the ones well, right there at the foot of the cross. Well, exactly. And I remember you preaching about this last week, where at that time, it was mainly women who were at the foot of the cross. Everybody else had kind of scattered because they were afraid. Right. They were, yeah, it was, it was a crazy time for sure. Yeah. But I, maybe that's something to explore on Sunday too, is that, yes. uh, um, like who are the sent, the sent ones to the sent ones. Yeah. And, and the sent ones to the sent ones and lean into your gifts, spend right. a bit of time. If you're not certain, like what your gifts are, um, pay attention to, you know, what, what kind of fuels you, what excites you, what gives you life. Um, and then listen to other people or ask other people, like, what are my gifts? Um, have a little conversation with some friends. Something else just occurred to me too, is that like the Palm Sunday message was, um, part of it was like, pay attention to the children. Yes. Okay. And then could the Easter message be like, obviously the Easter message is always Jesus is risen, but could it also be pay attention to the women, <laughs> right? Like oh. and amazing that in, no, you're on something. in the context of the biblical narrative, like yeah. uh, in that time and in that place for Jesus to hold up children in of all places, it was also, this is in Matthew's gospel. And Matthew is like um, really interested in like Jewish uh, culture, uh, fulfillment of, of prophecy from the Hebrew scriptures. Um, Jesus' speeches are, are kind of modeled on like the five uh, movements of Moses' speeches. Like Jesus is kind of set up as the, as the new prophet, the new Moses. Um, it's, sort, it's very structured. Like, it's almost like, so, but, but then embedded in that gospel somehow is this Jesus is holding up children as the, the key to understanding the kingdom of God. And then the women are the true faithful disciples in the Easter story who are then entrusted to go and get the fearful doubting apostles to make sure they show up at the right place. I love um, it. But that's kind of interesting in that culture because women and children had did not have significance or place or uh, children in particular weren't even considered like um, like it, they 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 just didn't have the rights of, of human beings essentially and and in a in a sense women in the same way um, well like when I was property right like treated as as property of the man yeah and then and like I was preaching a few weeks back and we were talking about the rich. Um, Cool. And so like, if my husband died, if I didn't have a son, or if he didn't have a brother, like I didn't have a brother in law to inherit everything and take care of me, I was, I was in trouble. Right. It was not good. But anyways, okay. it is good news. Good. Think into your gifts. Yeah, we'll see how this all comes together. I don't know if the gifted thing will actually show up this week or it might show up in, in the next couple of weeks. Uh, yeah, but everybody all... should spend some time and think about that, I think. Yeah, we're a bit all over the place, but it's going to be a fun Easter. Also, if you're watching this to the end, um, 
we do have a Good Friday uh, service that we're going to be doing online. Um, you'll probably see Jen and I in these backgrounds. We're going to do these from our homes, but then stream to uh, YouTube. So our YouTube channel, um, you can you can find it there. It'll be 10 a.m. on Friday, uh, 2020. That's the year we're in. Possibly someone is watching this in 2025. Good point. <laughs> Probably not. Uh, so yeah, we will have that uh, Good Friday service and that'll be a little more meditative and mostly uh, reading through um, a big section of John's Gospel. And um, we will have some music as well. Our music director, Evangeline Keeley, will be on as well from her home and she'll be playing a little bit. Um, so instrumental, instrumental music. So we won't be singing on Friday, um, but, uh, but we'll go through the readings and do some meditation and some prayers and uh, some piano music. And then a big celebration on Easter Sunday. You bet. Okay, thanks for watching, folks. Okay.